Yes. Royal Connections present the Wings of Change Conference, themed Ephata, with the senior pastor, Pastor David Shola Oludoyi, and executive pastor, Pastor Grace Shola Oludoyi, with Reverend George Adeboye, is an apostle of the New Testament, with a commission to take the word to the nations of the world, emphasizing its integrity. He is the president of the ever-increasing world ministries, also known as Rayma Chapel International Churches, with many branches worldwide. He teaches the word extensively with simplistic, practical, and prophetic insight. He is in great demand all over the world, across denominations and independent churches, for conventions, seminars, and outreach. He always brings a message of challenge. He is in the business of meeting need inspiration and motivation he's not in the business of keeping back his best to him teaching and preaching the word of god is an all-consuming passion god wants to see him that he sees you as his dependence he has numerous admirers worldwide because of his accuracy with which he quotes relevant portions of the bible to support his statements and claims founder referred to as the walking bible he is committed to making the word of God available all over the world through every means available. He hosts a weekly world and you telecast program on many television stations in Nigeria. He is married to Pastor Olutoni Odukeola and they are blessed with three children, faith, faithful and faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rise up on our feet. Welcome to the great man of God, Reverend George. Come on. Hallelujah. Shall we be seated, please, in God's presence? In a few minutes, I'll go into the ministry of the Word of God, but let me introduce to you, <laughs> we have several of our CDs, and they will bless you tremendously. This one is titled, That You May Do Well. Can I see someone who wants to do well? All right. This one is titled, Your Credentials for Soaring. Can I see someone who wants to soar? All right. This one is titled, Way of Escape. Can I see someone who wants to escape from something? <laughs> And I, this one is time to stop carrying it. Can I see someone who needs to stop carrying something? <laughs> this is nice. It's titled Dealing with Mistakes. If you don't deal with the mistakes of the past, our future will become like our past. And if you deal with the mistakes of the past, you will not repeat them. It will bless you. This one is titled Call by His Side. Um, just like you and I have a call, the Holy Spirit has also got a call from God. And the call of the Holy Spirit is to stand by our side. That is actually the meaning of the word comforter. This one is titled Becoming More Reliable. Becoming More Reliable. And this one is titled Mastering Our Desires. It's not that you and I are not free to desire what we want to desire. But we have to master the things we desire. James 4.2 says we have not because we ask not. But verse 3 says we ask and we receive not because we ask amiss that we may consume it on our lust. How do I master my desires in such a way that I will not ask God for what he will say no to? That is very, very important. Then we have this book. It's just fresh up the press. 
It is titled Men of Like Passions, 288 pages. Quite a very interesting book. On December the 6th, 1987, and December 13th, 1987, I preached a message titled Men of Like Passions, parts one and two. And that became the nucleus for this book. And it will bless you, bless you, bless you. It's available there. I cannot over discounts because I live in Ilori. No discount. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. This one is titled Handling Failure Successfully. You can do just that. While this one is titled What Did You Say Is Wrong With Me? People are always seeing things wrong with people. One of the reasons why I wrote that book, though I didn't tell my wife, is because of my wife. When we just got married, I used to really eat a lot. And my wife would be complaining. Ah, you are eating too much, oh. The rice is finished. The pot of soup is being consumed. So as I started growing old and started reducing what I was eating, she said, ah, you are not eating anything. What is wrong with you? I said, when I was eating, you said something was wrong with me. Now after... <laughs> People always see one or the other thing wrong with us. Pastor Shola and Pastor Grace, congratulations on the wonderful location of the Winds of Change. And thank you for inviting me to come. I'm glad to be here. And um, I know by the grace of God, the word God has given me tonight will be a blessing to everyone who is under the sound of my voice. It's always beautiful like homecoming when I come to Winds of Change. I see those young, young men of yesterday who are now great men of God. And when I see people like Pastor Shola, Falalade, people like uh, Pastor Tayo and all of that, I'm also encouraged. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you are blessed to be sitting near me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you don't know what I'm going to become. Look at your neighbor and say, if God give you eyes to see what I will become, you will appreciate the opportunity of sitting near me today. <laughs> Hallelujah! Mark's Gospel, chapter 7. Mark's Gospel, chapter 7. I read from verse 31 to 37. And I'll be sharing God's word the way it has been committed into my hands tonight. Mark 7, verse 31, and again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of the Capolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue and looking up to heaven he sighed and said unto him Ephatha that is be open and straight away his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plainly and he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more. A great deal they published it. 
and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He had both made the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. By the grace of God tonight, according to the time I've been allotted, <laughs> I'll be sharing a message titled, Ephatha. Hallelujah. That is the message, Ephatha. Shall we pray? Father, the entrance of your word, give it light and give it understanding to the simple. Thank you for your loving kindnesses and your tender mercies. Thank you, O oh God, for gathering us from our various homes and place of, place of residence into your presence to mingle our voices in praise and prayer and worship and adoration to your name. Thank you for what has been done and for what you are going to do throughout this conference from tonight. We give you honor and glory. Thank you, Father, for anointing me to speak as an oracle of God. Lord, I do not stand here to speak with enticing words of men's wisdom because I want to be an oracle and not an orator. And I thank you for anointing the ears of the people to be listening, their minds to be open, and their spirits to be receptive. And let it be, O oh God, that the purpose for which this meeting has been set up and the purpose of tonight's message and service, let it be comprehensively achieved. We exalt and we extol you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Ephatha. As a child of God, one of the most in, uh, important things you need to have is knowledge. Proverbs 19 verse 2 says that a soul should be without knowledge, it is not good. Because according to Proverbs 2.10, the B part, it says knowledge is pleasant to the soul. Job was speaking in Job 5.27, says, Lo, this thing we have searched it. Hear it and know it for your good. Which means knowledge will make good things happen to you. Knowledge of God's word in your heart will make good things happen to you. There are so many things you and I need to know about giving. We need to know about prayer. We need to know about, we need to know about God. We need to know about the devil. We need to know about the church of God. When you have all this knowledge in their most comprehensive form, it brings stability and consistency to your work. The Bible tells us the God we serve is the God of knowledge. 1 Samuel 2, 3 says, Talk no more exceeding proudly. Let no arrogance come out of your mouth. Our God is the God of knowledge by whom actions are weighed. Job 36, verse 4 said, He is perfect in knowledge. And in Isaiah 3, verse 6 says, Knowledge and wisdom shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. The fear of the Lord shall be your treasure. Many, many things you and I need to know. Tonight, I want to point out seven things about this man here that Jesus ministered to. And I want you to see that these seven things are also the same thing about each and every one of us. There are seven things I want to quickly point out. And I want to address these seven things. And I want to show you how the man had difficulty in walking in the liberty and the fullness of these seven things. And what Jesus eventually did to him, which Jesus will also do to you tonight. So that you can begin to walk upon your high places. There are certain things we need to know. We need to know them. And these seven things are things you need to know that you know that you know that you know within your spirit. The word of God says in Hosea chapter 6 verse 3, then shall we know if we follow to know. When you know, your worship will be better. When you know, everything you do will be better. The reason why people don't do things the way they are supposed to do it is that they do not know the things they are supposed to know. When you know what you ought to know about praying, you pray differently. When you know what you need to know about giving, you give differently. 
when you know when you know what you need to know about rejoicing you rejoice differently there are seven things i want you to see about this man here that jesus ministered to the first thing i want you to know about this man which you also need to know about yourself is that there is a person god wants you to be there is a person god wants you to be as a child of god do not just be satisfied with who you are there is a person in the heart and the mind of god that he wants you to be he wants you to be like jesus when god made man in his own image after his likeness he made man in such a way that he also made jesus he made man to be able to be like jesus so there is a person god wants you to be this man here that was deaf and dumb in the heart and the mind of god god wanted him to be somebody god wanted that man to be somebody and no and not just a nobody god wanted him to be somebody i don't know who you are i don't know how you look at yourself i don't know how people look at you but one thing you need to be assured of is that god wants you to be somebody he wanted to be like jesus romans chapter 8 verse 29 say whom he did for no he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son second corinthians 3 18 we all with open faces beholding in the glass the glory of god we are changed from one level of glory to another level of glory as by the spirit of the lord colossians 3 10 says we are renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created us he wants there is a man he wants to there's a person he wanted to be the big question tonight is are you that person are you the person god wants you to be are you like jesus christ luke chapter 6 verse 40 he said the disciple cannot be greater than his master but he shall that shall be perfect shall be like his master he wants you to be there is a person he wants you to be and it's the same thing about this man here whether he was or he looked like it or spoke like it or appeared like it or not it's a different thing but in the heart and the mind of god he wanted him to be somebody just like he wants you and i to be a particular person thank god i'm not who i used to be but i'm not yet who i ought to be i am pressing up the upward way new heights i'm getting every day on christ a solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand there is a person he wants you to be first john 2 6 he that abided in him the word of god tells us also to be even as he is first john 4 17 as he is there so he wants us to be here in the world there is a person he wants you to be now let me go on to the second thing that you need to know the second thing you need to know is that there is not just the person god wanted to be there is a place there is a place god wants you to be there is a place spiritually a place financially a place emotionally a place materially a place in the church he wanted to be a place in the scheme of things in the society he wanted to be when god made man he put man in a place he put him in a position of dominion he told us in genesis 1 26 he said let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion that was the place where he put man where he can tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the parts of the enemy so that nothing shall by any means hurt him there is a place he wants you to be he told Moses in Exodus 33 
verse 20, 21. He said, there is a place by me where you can stand. Psalm 26, verse 8 says, I love the place where your honor dwells. There is a place, a place where you learn not the nations. You will not borrow. Where you be the head and not the tail. Where whatsoever you lay your hands on shall prosper. There is a place, a high place he wants you to be. Psalm 18, verse 33 says, He has made my feet like hind feet and make me stand upon the high places. In Psalm 18, 23, 33, said, Stand upon the high places. When you go on to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19, he said, He has made my feet like handmaid and make me walk upon my high place. Not just stand, but also walk. And by the time you read Isaiah 58, 14, he said, He has made me to ride upon the high places from standing to walking, from walking to riding. You will surely ride in the name of Jesus. A place, a place, there is a place, not just a person, but there is a place. A place where you rule your spirit. A place where you land on the nations. You will not borrow. A place where you are the head and not the tail. Where you are above and never beneath. Everybody said there is a place. Say it again. Say there is a place. The problem, the question is, are you in that place? There is not just a person he wants me to be. There is also a place that he wants me to be. He had a place he wanted Israel to be. A land that flowed with milk and honey. There was a place he wanted Adam to be in the garden. There was a place he wanted Moses to be. There is a place. There is a place called there that God wants you to be. Let me go on here. The third thing you need to know. There is not just a person God wants you to be. There is not just a place God wants you to be. But there, is, there are also certain things God wants you to have and possess. We have some things, but we, do we have everything he wants us to have and possess? There are certain things he wanted to have. Certain things he wanted you to possess. First Corinthians 3.21 says, all things are mine. How many of the all things do you have? Oh, there are certain things he wanted to have and possess. First Corinthians 2.9 says, I had not seen, he had not had, now does it enter into the hearts of men. The things that God have reserved for them that love him. Several years ago, I did not know some things God wanted me to have. For 13 years, I was a tenant in somebody's house. And I wanted to continue being a tenant because I felt it was good enough. But God wanted me to have a house of my own. I didn't know that. You know, I at times have not seen, here I have not had. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men. The things that God have reserved for them that fear him. There are certain things God wanted to possess. He wants you to have them. Psalm 34 verse 8. Says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34 verse 9 says, there is no lack to them that fear him. Psalm 34 verse 10 says, so those young lions do suffer and lack, but they that seek the Lord shall not want anything good. He wants you to be wealthy and healthy and blessed. There are certain things he wants you to have. When I got saved in those years, the, early, the, the years of my salvation, I didn't know that God wanted me to be rich. I didn't know he wanted me to be wealthy. Until I started looking at scriptures. Because the appearance of everyone that was around me was an appearance of mystery. Appearance where poverty was looked upon as a virtue. Where the poorer you are, the more certain you will make heaven. Hallelujah. But when I started studying the scriptures, I started seeing scriptures that said to me, God wanted me to have. Oh, I started seeing scriptures like Psalm 84 verse 11. 
The Lord is the Son and His shield. We give grace and glory. No good thing will we told from them that walk uprightly. Wow. I started seeing scriptures that, tell, that, that, that informed me that God was interested in my prosperity. As Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, the Lord be magnified. Who taketh pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I started scriptures on like taught John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospereth. I started seeing Psalm 1, verse 3. Whatsoever things you lay your hand on, prosper. I started seeing that heaven is starred with gold. I started seeing that everything belongs to God. And if you're in the good books of God, why can't you have everything? I started skimming scriptures like Luke 15, 31, which says, all that is mine is thine. Scriptures like Luke 14, 17, which says, come now for all things are now ready. And I started rejoicing. And that broke the chain of poverty over my life because I started knowing the thing I needed to know. And that started making my work strong and fulfilling and satisfying. I started seeing scripture like Psalm 103, verse 5. He satisfied my mouth with good things and renew my youth as the eagle. I started seeing all the scripture. There are things you need to know. There is a person God wants you to be. There is a place God wants you to be. And there are things God wants you to have. Whether you have them or not, that is your decision and that's your choice. You are going to have to make up your mind. I'm going to have what God wants me to have. Whatever God has offered me by faith, I will tap into it. Number four. The first thing you need to know, and that was the situation with this man. There was a place he wanted the man to be. There was a person he wanted the man to be. There were things he wanted the man to have. Then number four, not just that, but there are certain things God wants you to do. There are certain things Jesus wanted this man to be able to do. Do for the kingdom of God. Do for God. Do for others. Do for yourself. There are certain things God wants you to do. He didn't just save you to do nothing. He didn't just save you to be an onlooker. Luke 1, 74, 75 says that we've been delivered from our enemies. We may serve him without fear in righteousness and holiness all the days of our lives. So there are things God wants us to do. He wanted to do. Isaiah 6, 8 is a who shall go for us. Who shall I send? We mean there are things he wants you to do. When he was making you, he made you to be able to do some things. The big question is, to what extent are you doing them? There is a person he wanted to be. There is a place he wants to be. There are things he wanted to have. And there are things he wants you to do for him. Oh, Proverbs chapter 8 verse 4 says, Unto men will I call, and my voice shall be to the children of men. There are things God wants you to do. Things he wants you to do. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I made the way I'm made? There are things only you can do. There are things only you can do for God. He wants you to win souls. First Timothy 2, 1, he said, I wish that man, he said, first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, giving of thanks, be made for all men. First Timothy 5, 17, he says, pray without ceasing. First Timothy 2, 8, I wish that man pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and disputing. This man was someone that God had something he wanted him to do, but did he do it? Was he able to do it? Well, that is the purpose of this conference. Now, this man, God wanted him to be someone. This man, God wanted him to be in a place. 
this man, God wanted him to have things. This man, God wanted him to do some things. But no matter what God wanted him to do, the man was not in a state to do them. The big question is, are you doing what God created you to do? When God made Adam, he put him in the garden. In Genesis 2.50, we are told, he gave him a responsibility, dress and keep this garden. One translation says, till and tend it. One other one says, walk and watch it. So God wants you to do something. God wants you to do something. Number five, beautiful. There are so many things you need to know. Another thing you need to know is, not only is there a person God wanted to be, not only is there a place God wanted to be, not only are there things God wants you to do, not only are there things God wanted to have, there is a lifestyle that God wants you to live. Are you living that life here on earth? Oh, Psalm 36 verse 9 said, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. There, are, there is a lifestyle. I mean, the Bible of God tells us in Matthew 4, 4, Luke 4, 4, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Are you living the kind of life God wants you to live? I mean, the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 59, I thought on my ways, and I turned my feet to your testimonies. I mean, are you living the way you are supposed to live? Jesus said in John 14, 19, he said, yet a little while, and the world see me no more. He said, but you see me, and because I live, you shall live also. Paul said in Galatians 2, 20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I know this. When I got saved, I knew that God was coming to a new lifestyle. According to Romans 6, 4, he said we want to walk, he wants us to walk in newness of life. And according to Romans 7, 6, he wants us to serve in newness of spirit. God wanted this man, when this man was born, there was a life God wanted him to live. A triumphant, glorious life. Not a life in obscurity, but a life in prominence. Not a life away from the best that life has to offer, but a life in the midst of plenty. John 10, 10, the thief comes down to steal and kill and destroy. But I am come that you may have life and I have it more abundantly. There is a life God wants us to live. Many times we just live our life. But is that the kind of life God wants you to live? I mean, for several years after I got saved, the big question I kept asking myself every day is, am I living the kind of life that I should be living? Am I spending my life at a loss? Am I spending my life in the most profitable way? And the more I asked myself that question, the better my life became. There is a life God wants you to live. If you are married, there is a life he wants you to live. If you are single, there is a life he wants you to live. Even if you are poor, there is a life he wants you to live. There is a life he wants us to live. The sixth thing about this man, which you and I also need to know, is that there is a purpose you need to fulfill. There is a purpose. Not only is there a person God wanted to be, not only is there a place God wanted to be, not only are there things God wanted to have, not only are there things God wanted to do, not only are there uh, things, another thing is that there is a purpose. Let me say it like that. There is a purpose God wants you to fulfill. There is a purpose. You are not an accident. Your parents probably did not plan for you to be here. So, but God wants you here. They try to abort you but refuse to be aborted. 
A young man said this to me. He said, I'm the best thing that ever happened to my, my family. They tried to abort me seven, several times, but they did not succeed. In fact, when they thought they had aborted me, they, they, they made a mistake because I was not aborted. And I've come into this world. And my parents have come to realize that if I were not born the way I was born, the family would have still remained in the backside of the desert, poor and broke, because of the best thing that ever happened to this family. I send my parents on holiday every year. I built a house for them. I bought them beautiful cars. And whenever they look at me with tears in their eyes, they will say, we almost made a mistake about you. There is, there is, ladies and gentlemen, there is a purpose for your life. The purpose of God according to election is what has brought you this far. Psalm 118 verse 17, I said, I will not die but live to declare the works of God. So all of these things I've said to you are the things that I see about this man. God wanted, there were certain things he wanted for this man. There was a person he wanted him to be. There were things he wanted him to have. There was a place he wanted him to be. There were things he wanted him to do. And there was a purpose he wanted him to fulfill. But one thing about this man was that he did not fulfill them. This man was far away from being who God wanted him to be. From having what God wanted him to have. From doing what God wanted him to do. Why? Because he was handicapped. This man had handicap. This man had certain things that were obstructing him. This man had things that were restricting him. This man had things that were cutting him off from what God wanted him to have. There are several people in this building tonight. There are things God wanted to have. There is a place God wanted you to be, wants you to be. There is a person God wants you to be, but there are obstacles. The obstacle of this man was simply defined as deafness and an impediment in his speech. This man had a problem with deafness, and he had a problem with an impediment in his speech, which means this man was obstructed. This man was being hindered. This man was being held back. This man was being barred. This man was being restrained. This man was being cut off from all those things that God wanted him to have, to be, to do, to fulfill. It was not God's fault. It was not, so to speak, the man's fault. But the man was handicapped and the man was obstructed. The man was hindered by certain forces, by certain operations of Satan. By certain things, certain things, we are keeping him back. Today I'm speaking on, by the grace of God, how you can deal with those things. Or how those things that are obstructing you from God's best are going to be eliminated. That's the purpose of this conference. The purpose of this conference is to eliminate, to deal with, to address, and to remove those forces and those oppressions that have stopped you from having the best of what life has to offer. This man was in that situation. He was deaf and he had an impediment in his speech. He had an obstacle in his life. Now what is an obstacle? Let me try and define an obstacle. An obstacle is something or anything. An obstacle is somebody or anybody, as it were, that stands in the way of our becoming what we should become of our getting to where we should get to, or of our doing what we need to do, of our fulfilling the purpose we need to fulfill, and of our being able to get the things God wants us to get. 
An obstacle could be seen or invisible. It could be small or big. It could be something or somebody. It could be something recent and it could be something old. But what it is doing is that it is standing in the way of what God wants you to have. Many people have obstacles that they are dealing with. Many people have obstacles. Let me define some, let me give you some other definitions of obstacle. Obstacle is something that impedes one's progress or the achievement of something. An obstacle can be defined as that which seriously hamper our action, obstruct, impedes, clog, and hinder our progress. Our obst obstacles make progress hard. It encumbers, it handicaps our advancement. An obstacle prevents or hinders the occurrence of an event. This man had deafness. It was his own obstacle. And an impediment in his speech. If you look at your life today, you know there is a person you can be, but you are not. You know there is a place you can be, but you are not. You know there are things you can do, but you have not been able to do it. You know there are things you ought to have, but you don't have it. You know there is a purpose you need to fulfill, but you are not able to fulfill it. This is simply because there is an obstacle. Let me tell you what obstacles do in case you want to locate it. Number one, obstacles make progress slower. What normally should take you six weeks, take you six months. Number two, obstacles make progress not just slower, but difficult. It makes progress difficult. When you have speed bumps on the road, it's an obstacle. It makes your progress not just slower, but difficult. Another thing obstacles do, it doesn't just make progress slower or progress difficult, but obstacles also make it impossible to predict results accurately. When you have traffic on a particular road, it's an obstacle. You're not able to predict adequately and correctly the time you're going to arrive at a place. Obstacles. This man had an obstacle in his life. And the obstacle, the obstacle is there. And if you look at your life and you are sincere, and you stand on the scale, you know you are being hindered. You know, you know you can be more than this. You know you can get more done than what you have done. You know that you can, you can be more financially independent than you are. You know you can do more for God than you are doing. And I always encourage people, always examine yourself. This man examined himself. Evidently, he knew that, look, I know, I know who I can be. But when your speech and your hearing is ampered, you can never become all you can be. He had eyes to see. But when your hearing is impaired, I mean, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The servant said in Psalm 40, verse 6, sacrifice and offering I will not receive. My ear has now opened. In the book of Revelations, Revelations 2, 7, Revelation 2, 11, 2, 17, 2, 29, 3, 6, 3, 12, 3, 22. He said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Jeremiah 6, 16, he said, he said, go to the way and look for the old power, which is the good way, and walk in it. Isaiah 30, 21 said, thou shalt hear the voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. But the man was hampered. 
And so there was no way he could be who he was supposed to be. There was no way he could have what he was supposed to have because his hearing was impaired. And he's speaking. Look at the power of speaking. How did you get saved? By speaking. Look at the power of words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But the man could not speak. He had an impediment in his speech. And that hindered him. That, up, that, was, that obstructed him. That restricted him. That made him not to be able to fully exploit and enjoy his potential. There is so much you can be by hearing right and by speaking right. Proverbs 15 verse 4. Wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Perverseness dealing is a breach in the spirit. Proverbs 16 verse 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. Proverbs 21:23. He that keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. There is so much power in the words of our mouths. By your words, you shall be justified. Matthew 12, 37. By your words, you shall be justified. By your words, you shall be condemned. There is so much power in the words of our mouths. Proverbs 6, 2. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are held captive by the words of your lips. But this man was hampered because two areas in his life, he was being hindered. There was an obstacle. There was an impediment. There was something holding him down. You look at your life, you know you can be better than this. If you stand on the scale, Lamentations 3.40, he said, let us try, let us examine our ways, let's return to God. Another, another thing that obstacles do is that obstacles bring you in, make you feel discouraged. I know people who are discouraged. This man was so discouraged he could not come to Jesus on his own. He was tired. Only God knew how many things they had tried. Only God knows how many things you have tried. But you have been bumping against this obstacle and your progress has been hampered and hindered. The man was discouraged. He will not come to anybody. He had probably tried many things of many decisions and he has grown worse. Probably, you see, most of the time when you see deaf and dumb spirit operating, the first spirit that enters is the deaf spirit. When you lose the ability to hear, you begin to lose the ability to speak. This man had deafness and an impediment in his speech. Proverbs 21, 28, he said, he that heareth speaketh continually. People who listen better speak better. That is why you should be slow to speak and swift to hear. If you hear well, you begin to speak well. You need to hear a matter before you speak about it. Or, yes, you, you, or else you'll be displaying fully. This man had deafness. It was an, this deafness had brought the man low. He could have been a consultant in a hospital. He could have been a lawyer in the court. It could have been the best accountant that was available. Thank God he was still able to see. It was obstacles bring discouragement. The children of Israel in the wilderness, they were discouraged. The Bible said by reason of the way. They were discouraged. They felt bad. They, they, are you discouraged tonight? By reason of the obstacle that you've been facing? By reason of the things that have been holding you bound and restraining you and keeping you away from what life has to offer? You are fortunate you are entering this conference because you never go back home the same. Something is about to happen. God is about to address the obstacle. God is about to speak to that condition. God is about to pave for you a way where there seems to be no way. God is about to liberate you and bring you into the best season of your life in the name of Jesus. Obstacle. It held him back. It held him away. It should not allow him to have a full expression. He was better. He knew in himself, I could be better than this. I can get more from God. I can do more for God. I can be in a higher place. I can be governor. I can be president. 
but he had obstacles that we are keeping him back. Obstacles bring people into discouragement. Now let me say this as I go on here. This man had to be helped by some people to come into the presence of Jesus. The other people had to bring him in. And that is why we have ministers who have been brought into this place. No matter what you've dealt with, you've dealt with it alone. Probably you've dealt it with in the concept of other people. It could be issues that you have addressed alone or addressed with other people. But God is allowing this conference to bring you into a place where there will be a final solution to the things that have survived up till now. God is about to strike a death blow to that obstacle. He's about to cancel out the handwriting of several years. It's about to make you walk again. It's about to lift up your head. It's about to make you stand again. It's about to restore confidence in your life. It's about to change your testimony. It's about to put a song in your mouth. It's about to bring consistency into your walk with him. It's about to change everything around you. It's about to send help from you. It's about to lift you up. It's about to break the yokes. He's about to destroy the bounds. He's about to set you free so that you can be who God wants you to be and begin to enjoy all what God wants to enjoy in the name of Jesus. They had to bring him. They had to bring him into the presence of Jesus. They had to help him. They had to assist him. They had to provide a system whereby he could come and meet with an answer and a solution. An answer and a solution that will turn him to go back another way. Ladies and gentlemen, when many Christians meet obstacles, let me tell you some of the things that they do. Let me tell you some of the things that they do. The first thing some people do is that they cry. They cry. I've met several people who have cried. There's nothing wrong in crying, but after crying, there's something else you need to do. Crying can be a good way of letting up, pent up, emotional feelings, but some people just, all they do is just cry. I'm saying tonight, God sent me to tell you, weep no more. Refrain your voice from weeping, your eyes from tears. There is hope in your end. The Lord your God will dry your tears. He will ask you to shut up because there is a new voice of authority speaking to that situation. And axe is being laid to the root of that tree to cut it down. Every tree my father had not planted shall be uprooted. The negative shall be turned around to positive. Your life is about to be changed forever. Only God knows how long this man cried. But crying did not solve it. Another thing people do when they face obstacle in life. Obstacle to marriage. Obstacle to financial breakthrough. Obstacle to be the head and not the tail. Is that they talk about it. They talk about it to everybody who is keen to listen. I don't know what is happening. No man is talking to me. No woman has agreed at my advance. The business I'm doing is not working. They talk about it. Now God never said talk about it. What you talk about is magnified. Stop paying undue respect to the obstacle. Stop describing the mountain. Today we are going to speak to the mountain. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. They may not have obeyed your describing them, 
but there is a voice in heaven there is a voice of authority they cannot but bow at the name of Jesus every day will bow of things in heaven of things on the earth and of things under the earth and everything will confess that Jesus is Lord they talk about it they talk about it they tell everybody ah, my husband is a terrible person oh. if you see the way man, the man manifests in the house you will think he is packed full of demons He's an impossible fellow. He will not go to church. We don't allow to go to church. Stop talking about it. You need to speak to it. Speak to the tree. Speak to the situation. Call those things that be not as though they... Another thing some people do is that they use their obstacles as excuses. They use their obstacles as excuses. When you say come to church, you say, you know, I can't hear and I cannot speak. They use excuses. Why don't you pay your tax? How much do I earn? Why don't you pray? Ah, there's only one room in the house where I stay. They use their obstacles as excuses. God, there is someone he wanted to be. There are things he wanted to do. There are things he wanted to have. Begin to be excited about the possibility of who you can be. Of what you can have. Of what you can do. The purpose you can fulfill. Begin to get excited about that. Stop using it as an excuse. Hey, why were you not in church yesterday? My car broke down. Ah, you know it's an old car. Been using it for 12 years. In fact, the car is trying. At times, some people, they begin to use their obstacles. They, they just begin to, they, they begin to, they accept the obstacle as their fate. They accept it. They say, well, <laughs> well, probably that's the way it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. But tonight, you are in the presence of the king of all the earth. You are in the presence of the way maker. You are the presence of the king of kings. You are the presence of the authority of the universe. The Bible said they brought him. They brought him into Jesus' presence. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Tonight, by the words God has given me, I want to begin to prophesy. I have a key in my mouth. Psalm 34 verse 12. He said, who is it among you that desired life and love it many days that he may see good? Let him refrain his mouth from evil and his lips from God. I want to first of all prophesy concerning who you are supposed to be. I say today, whatever is standing in the way of who you are supposed to be, we pull it down. Whatever is hindering who you are supposed to be, we cancel it out. Whatever is working against the revelation of your person, we cancel it out. Whatever is not allowing you to be who you are supposed to be, we nullify it. We lay the axe to the root of whatever forces in whatever shape, form, or fashion are working against the manifestation of who you are supposed to be. And we say, let God's people go in the name of Jesus. Israel as a nation, we are supposed to be a people that serve God. But Pharaoh had them captive. Pharaoh was an obstacle for 430 years. And God gave an order through Moses in Exodus 7, 16, Exodus 8, 1, Exodus 8, 20, Exodus 9, 1, Exodus 9, 13, Exodus 10, 3. He said, let my people go. I prophesy now. Everything that is keeping you as a slave, everything that is holding you down, everything that has locked you up, let it go, let it go in the name of Jesus. Let go in the name of Jesus. When Jesus said, Ephrata, Listen, the Hebrew said, what he said was, 
be unbarred. U-N-B-A-R-R-E-D. Be unbarred. I command everything that is buying you. Everything that is buying you. Become unbarred in Jesus' name. One translation of that word Ephatha calls it like this. I think that's the living Bible. He said, open up in the name of Jesus. Open up. Your life is open for victory. Your life is open for joy. Your life is open for progress. Make progress from today. Move on today. Rise up today. Increase today. Enlarge today. Move on today. You will increase. You will expand. You will move on. You will be fruitful. You will be glorious in the name of Jesus. Whatever door has been shut, God said open up. The door of marriage. The door of peace. The door of joy. The door of growth. The door of greatness. The door of expansion. Open up! Lift up your heads, all you get. Be lifted up your everlasting doors. Let the Prince of Glory come in. I command everything and everybody and every situation and every law and every idea and every opinion and every thought standing in the way of your progress. Open up! I say open up! I say open up! One translation of that scripture, Ephatha. Instead of saying be open, he says be open completely. Some of us have had only one door open. And you're praying about one door. I command the two leaf gates to be open in Jesus' name. I command the windows open. I command the doors open. I command the ground to open. I command the heavens to open. I command everything around it to open. Open up completely. Some of us have been enjoying graces through crevices and lettings through doors that are not completely open. Everybody shout, open up completely. Say, say, open up completely. That is the purpose of this conference. It's a conference of liberation. It's a conference of deliverance. It's a conference of change. It's a conference of transformation. You will be transformed. You will be delivered. You will be healed. You will be set free. The chains are broken. Darkness has gone. Light has come. Be released in the name of Jesus. Actually, the word Ephata does not just mean be open. It means be released. Everybody say, I'm released. Stretch out, say, I'm released. Say, I'm released. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. You will enjoy your potential. You will become that person. You will have that thing. You will get to where you are going. You will become that person. Every limiting factor will break through. Every hindering force will break through. Every barricade. Every shutting. Every gate. Every door that has been shut against you. Open up! Say, I am released. Say, I am released. Say, I am released. I command every prison door that you have been locked behind be broken in Jesus' name. Every mountain be made low. Every valley be made, be made be filled up. Every crooked be made straight. Every rock be made smooth. I say, open up in Jesus' name. Jesus was saying that man's life was now open up. Your life is open up. You will enjoy the good. Your marriage has opened up. Your business has opened up. Your promotion has come. Your deliverance is here. Your joy has come. No more will you go around in circles. You will move forward. Forward ever, backward never. You will
will not go around in circles. You will not remain on the same spot. Open up! Your business has opened up. All things are possible. From today, you walk upon your high places. One translation of that scripture, Ephatha, it says, Become unrestrained. Shake your feet and say, The bounds are broken. Shake your hand and say, The bounds are broken. Hallelujah. When I was watching from the pastor's office, there was this dance that was going on here, and I saw people manacled in the hand, people not manacled in the, in the feet. And I remembered I saw a vision like that of people who are going to come here with chains in their hands, chains around their waist, chains around their necks. I command you be free in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Get what you are waiting for, get what you are looking for. Become who God said you can be. Begin to walk in the areas God said you can walk in. You are no longer in prison. The prison doors are open. Liberty has come. Joy has come. The gate is open. Victory has come. In the name of Jesus. The Bible. What Jesus said was the power word of authority. And in this conference he has given us the same word. Jeremiah 23, 29. He said the word of God is fire and hammer. We send the fire of God according against that thing that is bounding your womb. Against that thing that is holding you down. Against that thing that has shut you up. Your application will be considered and it will be granted in Jesus' name. You will pass that exam when next you do it. Your baby is on the way. We will celebrate next year with your baby. Your husband is on the way. We will celebrate here with your husband next year. Your joy is here. Your grace is here. Your promotion has come. Those who are sitting on it will be removed from that place. Those who are stopping it will be removed from that place. No man can hold you bound anymore. You are no longer a slave. God's people are going to go. Let my people go. God said, you are free today. You are released today. You are no longer in captivity. Receive your deliverance. I went somewhere and they showed me a man. They said the man had been sick for a long time. When I looked at the man, I said, he's not been sick for a long time. He's just been ignorant for a long time. When you know God wants you to be somebody, you know God wants you to occupy a place, you know God wants to do something. Now God is coming on the scene and he's saying, Epatha, the door is open. The window is open. The gates are open. Receive your abundance. Receive your increase. Receive your deliverance. Receive your change. Receive your transformation. Receive your turnaround. Receive your letter promotion. Receive what you have been waiting for. Receive what God has promised you. Receive it in Jesus' name. The Bible said, and immediately. Everybody say immediately. Everybody say immediately. I prophesy to you that from today, you are no longer a slave to that thing. I prophesy you are no longer in that prison house. I prophesy you are no longer held down by that thing. Your life has come around. Your life has turned around. Your life has changed for the better. Right side up is your testimony. No more crying, no more weeping. This year will be a year of laughter. It will be a year of grace. It will be a year of increase. It will be a year of multiplication. It will be a year of deliverance. Whatever prison you were last year, the prison door is open. God has sent us to declare that the prison doors are open. No longer will you sit inside the prison. This is your jubilee. This is your season of deliverance. 
Satan can't hold you back anymore. You have known the truth what you can be. You have known the truth what you can have. You have known the truth the place you are going to. You have known the truth the purpose of your life and that truth has made you free. Receive your deliverance. Knowledge is present to the soul. Darkness has gone. Light has come. The wind of change has blown. And the wind of change is blowing over your finance, over your career, over your marriage, over your coming in, over your going out, over your store, over your basket, over the works of your hand. Let there be a change. Instead of mercy drops round you are falling, there shall be showers of blessing. Instead of small, there shall be much. Instead of being backward, you'll be ahead of your friend. The Lord will accelerate your blessing. You will no longer be who you used to be. The Lord have changed your dance. The Lord have changed your song. Your song will no longer be, count your blessing, name them one by one. God said, Jesus said to that man, be open. Whatever kept you back from your best, be open. Whatever kept you back from your best, be open. Whatever door, whatever hinders, whatever chance, be open. God is a master at opening keys. The desolation of many generations have been removed. Causes have been broken as I speak right now. Causes have been broken over your marriage, over your life, over your health, over your finances, over your coming in, over your going out. Causes have been broken. Be broken every cause. If a man die, can he live again? Is it all the day of my appointed time? Will I wait? Until my chain comes. Lift up your hand and thank God for your chain. Come on, go ahead. Bless him. Glorify him. Thank him for your change. Your change has come. Come on, your change has come. Your change has come. Resounding like God is saying, be unbarred. Be unrestrained. Be unrestrained. Open up completely. You are open completely. You are open. Come on, begin to see the blessing of God. Begin to see the mercy of God. Begin to be victory on every side. Begin to notice deliverance, transformation. Come on, come on, come on, go ahead. Open up. Let the city open. Your profession has opened. Your job, there is an opening up. Opening up of opportunities. Opening up of positions. Opening up of victories. Open up. Open up. Open up. Open up. Nothing can keep you down anymore. Nobody can keep you in the prison because you are meant for the palace. Nobody can make you a hewer of wood and a drawer of water. Your professional change has happened. Your deliverance has happened. You are no longer a prisoner. You are the lost free man. Come and lift up your hand and thank him. Thank him for what he has done. Come on. Thank him for what he has done. Come on, glorify him. Magnify. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Come on, rejoice. Rejoice in your deliverance. Rejoice in your being set free. Rejoice in your being set free. Hey, he has set me free. He, he has set me free. I cannot be bound. Satan is paralyzed. God has sent the word of authority. That man had a chance to become everything he had lost out of. The year with the locusts, the hammer and the catamines have taken. He was not entering the come and rejoice, 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 rejoice as someone who has found it. I have found it. I have found it. I have found it. It's in my hand. It's in my hand. It's in my hand. It's in my hand. Nobody can keep you a slave anymore. Nobody can keep you in bondage anymore. Your liberty has come. 
your liberty has come. Hallelujah. You are going to say it to three, four people. You are going to say, Ephatha. And you are going to say what you think it means. Be open, be open completely. Be unbarred, be unrestrained. Then be released. Look at that, be released. Hey, I see some people who have worked on the same job. Be released. You have been in the same house. Be released. You have been in the same prison. Be released. You have been held up at the same thing. Be released. Come on. 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 You are released. Come on. You are released. Come on. You are released from today. You are released. You are released. Come on. Be released. You are released. Be released. I am released. I am on bar. I am on restraint. I have what it takes now. I am moving on. God has qualified me. God has taken me from the prison to the palace. I'm released. I'm released. I'm on restraint. The prison doors are broken. The shackles are broken.